Welcome to She Woo Dares, a podcast where women share empowering stories of personal growth, embracing the inexplicable calling of the soul, and in which I speak of all things Akasha, human design, soul plan, and everything in between, hoping to normalize the woo. Hello, Purpose Seekers. Welcome to another episode of She Woo Dares. Today I am speaking to Sabine Vekermans, who comes from the Netherlands. So we're going to do this interview in English. And she is someone who came onto my path through a human design reading that she did with me, Quantum Human Design. And it turns out she has some amazing gifts that I felt so called to, to have <laughs> to have her share. And that's why I invited her. She said yes, and here we are. So Sabine, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Thank you, Debbie. It's lovely to be here. Um, I am uh, an empath and an intuitive from the Netherlands. I'm not sure if I can call myself a psychic reader, but my uh, training has been in that direction. So I mostly tap into the energy of other people and retrieve messages that are helpful for their soul and their heart. And uh, since 2019, um, I focus on the Akashic Records. So that is my entrance point for starting working with clients. And apart from that, I, uh, through COVID, actually, I reconnected with writing poetry. And because of COVID, I entered an international community um, and an intuitive I found online that had a, a group behind it. And that was the invitation to start writing poetry in English. So that's ensured a bit about me. Wow, yes. And I'm I'm so fascinated by by the work that you do, especially the poetry. You you know, I'm I'm just it's such a beautiful gift. And like you said, it can really help people heal the soul and their heart, receiving messages from loved ones that have moved on, passed away. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, later. But I want to ask you, what do you define as woo-woo? What's considered woo-woo? How would you describe that for yourself? What is your experience with it? Actually, for me, I think woo-woo is the normal state of being. Um, I think I felt very early on in my life, I think at the age where you shift into a new kind of awareness around the age of 10, I remember um, laying in my bed and questioning the why and what is the purpose of our being. I was really drawn into we should talk about the essence of life and being in high school, not having any kind of framework apart from the Catholic religious lessons. It was very hard to find any meaning within the classroom. So I actually became a dropout of high school because I couldn't stand the senselessness of a lot of things. So I think I always felt there is more than meets the eye. But being raised in a time, I'm 60 years this year, 60 years old, that no one um, offers you the openness or vulnerability or questions publicly. I think that I miss that most. So woo-woo for me is actually 
the normal state of being. And uh, I'm very happy that in these times we find more people than we can relate to and we can trust with what we know is true at core. Yeah, and I, I agree. I feel like this has always been part of, of humanity. Um, in your case, you were like already questioning it, like the big questions, like, why am I here? What is my purpose? And then you kind of squash it and you, you push it away. But there's always something that will happen in your life that will give you that that moment, that pivotal moment that I speak about, that you can't do anything else but kind of be brought back to it, be mm. fixed with it again. Like if you don't reconnect with really your, your your inner source, your higher being, your your the divine, whatever you want to call it. Um, this that you're veering off your path so much that life just isn't going to feel right for you. At least that's my experience. So what did you do? You said you dropped out of high school. What was your career? Yes, I, I did. Eventually, I did get back into high school and finished, got a degree, uh, moved on into a field of studying. I first went a year to the USA. I started at a college for just a year, you know, not to be into degrees or anything, but have a different taste of life. And actually, that was a very expensive social year because I was 18 and I met people during that year who were late 20s in their 30s. And I was like, oh, okay, I connect to them much more. I came back to Holland. I started a social study. And to be honest, I already felt in the first year that it was not my path. But I felt like I cannot disappoint my parents again. So I stick with it. And I did finish this college. It was aimed at children, helping children. And I did a practical year in an academic hospital. And looking back, because I was already on the verge of getting burned out. And I had no clue how sensitive I was. So in hindsight, you have the perspective like, okay... If I had someone in my environment back then who would say you're a highly sensitive person or anything that goes around much more nowadays, I would have had a shortcut in my road for this lifetime, but life doesn't work that way. After that study, I decided that field is not for me. I cannot handle it. So I did another study for four years, uh, part-time in communication and, you know, being in uh, jobs, uh, public relation, information that has been for almost 30 years, uh, my expertise. And I think it's because of the pivotal moment you referring to for me, that was being pregnant in my mid thirties of a twin that from one day to the next I was called to rest because of the ultrasound in the hospital uh, showed that one of the two was not growing enough so I was hospitalized overnight and then suddenly your life is on hold and it was literally I rushed out of the office back under my arms the car to the academical hospital I was going to for the ultrasound and the next you know it's like work not important this is about life and the meaning of life and carrying life and that was that was very invasive in my energy field like okay there's no choice the only thing you can do is drop everything and focus on your health 
on your health and the health of your twin of your twin and um yeah that was a strange time because um at first they didn't know what i was suffering from they didn't know what the cause was so i had been in hospital for i think about 10 days and then they found out because of my blood values that i was suffering from the help syndrome something that could not be helped so it was like a total surreal world it's strange. It was the first and probably only time in my life that you experienced that you are in a story that you, that you could never have imagined for yourself. And I think it was the whole process. So I made it till 28 weeks. The children were um, through an emergency cesarean section were fetched. I don't know. That's not the proper English word, but you know what I mean. And our biggest child, he was having severe problems. And our smallest child, a little baby girl, there was no attention for her apart from one nurse. And around the other child, a boy, there were like 10 people. And she survived, you know. It was enough to show, like, you need to prep me too. I'm not leaving him alone. And I think actually... A couple of days before she passed away, we were very enthusiastic, jumping around her incubator because she was doing so well. And on the morning that she passed away or the evening of that day, we were really thinking about, oh, we should send a note into the world that we have two children. So like a boost of energy in positive, in a positive sense. And in hindsight... And I don't go into the details, but that night she passed. But the next day, her son, they said, oh, he's, he's well enough to go to the medium care unit. So it's like, okay, no, I want him in the intensive care unit. We need him to stay alive. So I think that experience has marked my life, our lives. You know, she she passed over and a couple of days later we had a funeral and it was a very small gathering because we thought, okay, we still have another child. We have to see if he can make it through. So the pivotal moment or the, the moments for me that I truly experienced there is more than meets the eye was at her funeral. It started as a sunny day, and I remember thinking, oh, thank you. You put on the light for us. And during the day, it became cloudy, and we were like, okay, okay, I hope it's not going to rain. And the exact moment we bent through our knees and put her little white coffin down in the hole, there was one big bang, like one thunderclap, no rain. And no flash of light, just one thunderclap. And I felt the energy move through me. And I really felt such an euphoric feeling like she made it. She crossed over and she made it. And that happened. And I think in the, the months after, I went to visit her little grave. And we still needed to think about what we wanted to put there as a sign or flowers or plants. And there were still men working at the graveyard who did the maintenance. And I remember that one of them walked up to me and said, well, I remember the funeral of your daughter. 
we were sitting in this little building drinking coffee and we heard this big bang. And I felt like, okay, that's the validation I needed. So I think that was the first moment that I felt in my life. I've, con- I've been conditioned so strongly in my mind, in achievements, in, you know, conditioning, expectations, pleasing, stuff like that. And then I felt, okay, there is much more. But at the same time, life was also a struggle. So, um, yeah, that was my pivotal moments and I remember that when we came home and we had just moved to a new house also my husband would sit in the garden and there were like little white butterflies during the summer touching his skin all the time and for me it was the ladybugs in the house outside so that were her signals of getting in touch with us for us personally so that was beautiful Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm also going to put a link in the show notes to an article that you wrote on the Medium platform sharing this story as well. And I remember you saying that to you, it almost felt that coinciding with the, the passing on of your little girl, it was when your son started gaining strength. I think you are in too much trauma at the time and it took It took years because, you know, our son needed care and attention to get him on his feet in life. But when you look back, you realize that that's probably the purpose of her life. I felt and I was that was truly very empowering to hear from nurses that took care of her in two hospitals that had big words for this very tiny girl. And I literally, in the first hospital, the nurse that tended to her the most told us, like, she's an old soul. At that time, I was not really interested in soul work, but it's a line you never forget. Right. In that moment, you would, you'd hear, but it kind of passes through you because whether they think she's an old soul or not, you've just lost your child, right? So there's so much pain. But having that land and being able to, in retrospect, look back at, well, she's actually is an old soul who had her very short life was very impactful, even later on, because it was around, what is it, 2015, that you started connect reconnecting with her spirit. Yeah. And that was really another pivotal moment, I would say, for you. Can you talk a little bit? I about- think I think about mm, what year? I think in 2009. 2008, I started going to mental mediums. I was encouraged by uh, one of my sisters. Uh, so I started visiting them, uh, obviously, to um, to get answers about our children and the purpose of life, stuff like that. And it took some years. Uh, I think from 2011 on, I was truly more committed to uh, self-investigation and uh, self-development. And it was kind of funny because one of the first courses or educations I did was of a professional organizer. So helping other people to declutter their lives. And if I look back, that was the first sign for me, like, aha, you need to declutter your work, uh, your life. And um, and in the search for a community, I was given advice to go to a specific guide worker. And I felt like I need to go to her and she's going to reveal something big. 
And I went to her in 2015, June 2015, I will never forget. And she opened the door and she said, ha, it's about time. Here's your daughter and she's going to lead this session. I have nothing to say. And that's when she revealed information that I felt like, okay, now I know how sensitive I am, what my gift is. And I remember after that session, I went to the beach to calm down and I had to drive back. And that was in an hour of quite heavy traffic where two highways would merge. And I remember driving home on and getting to that intersection and thinking I should stay on the left side because then I don't have to worry about all the cars that are intertwining to get the exit. And I was almost, I was on the fifth lane, not the sixth, but I was driving and I felt and saw a car coming who was going to cut me to get the exit. I knew I'm going to be in an accident right now. And I remember thinking, okay, and then I drove on and nothing happened. I couldn't even see the car anymore. And then I felt like I've been saved by her. Like it's not your time. Mm. And that is something I will never forget either. So I think that was really the time that I needed to wake up. It's shortly after that that I followed a workshop in writing with guides. And I found a teacher online, a spiritual website, and I felt I need to go there. And that started off my you know, education in the woo-woo world. And then really connecting with the Akashic. And it's it's interesting because when we did uh, your quantum human design reading, one of the things that I noticed is that you have gate 22, which has all to do with, it's it's a connection with the Akashic records. And I also have those those uh, that gate twice in my chart. So it was really interesting to see that we both have that connection that work with the Akashic records. One thing that was really fascinating to me was indeed the poetry, poetry on request. May I, may I interrupt? Because yes. I want to I want to tell how I found you. Oh, yes, please do. <laughs> I have had human design readings before, the foundational reading and you know some other readings, and I was intrigued by quantum human design. And I wanted to find someone because I wanted for my 60th birthday, a quantum human design reading. And in my research, I went all over the place, but I obviously went to the website of Karen Parker that I discovered, I think, half a year ago and really was triggered by the enlightening language she uses. And I went to some to check out some people who had been trained in this quantum human design. And I always look for people in videos because I want to see them. I want to hear their voice. And I remember that I searched and searched and one after the other, it was no, 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 no. And then I went back to the website of Karen and I thought there must be a link somewhere. And then I found a little quote from you commenting on her work. And then I looked you up and found you in an interview with her. And then I heard your voice and I was like, okay, I need to check this lady out. And then I found your website and I was astonished that I read not only quantum human design, but also 
Akashic Record healing work, I was like, okay, this is no coincidence. I'm so grateful that you point out gate 22 because I would not have discovered that myself. And yeah. it was really validation in my process, kicking my ass again. Like, it's, okay, you, get on the horse. You have to do this work. And that's what happens. Like, because this work is so woo-woo or out there or just, it's so hard to explain. But how do you explain something that you can't see, that you can't there's no proof people want proof so it's very easy to doubt yourself or to doubt the work but every time you do the work with the akashic records it's for me and also for you with the poetry it's like yes this is what i'm meant to do and it is valid it is real people are actually really benefiting from this work and that's when i saw that and i kind of you know the energy that you're in and the the, the chatter i guess that you were having with yourself, that mental stuff, like, am I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I good enough? Um, and it's like, yes, but you, you do actually have this access to the Akashic Records. And then you told me about the poetry and I was so intrigued that I ended up, what what have I done? Like three now? <laughs> I've ordered three. And You're my best client in short time. Yes. <laughs> no, I was so fascinated by it. So let me, let me explain a little bit what it is, what it is that, that Sabina told me that she does. So she, when you uh, request this poetry from her, you send the details of a loved one that's passed away, uh, the day that they were born, the day that they passed away, and a picture, a clear picture. You email that to Sabina, and then within like a two-week time frame, she will send a poem back to you that is really a message from the soul that has passed on. I asked you to do one from my grandmother to me, because my grandmother was, we all called her crazy, <laughs> but in retrospect, she was, she wasn't, but she was also very woo-woo-y, I guess, but she got kind of caught in organized religion in the end. And I don't know, she was just this beautiful, very, very happy soul that had some really, really awful human experiences. But I always feel like she's like, we're kindred spirits. You know, when you're a teenager, like, oh, grandmother, I don't want to go visit grandma, all that kind of stuff. And now it's like, oh, if only I could have had the conversations with her that I would have wanted or been able to have with her now. Um, but anyway, you 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 receive this message in poetry form from her to me. And gosh, I read it every morning. I've got it. <laughs> I've got it framed. And I read it every morning. I connect with her. I have a little bracelet and it starts out with um, it's obviously it's in Dutch, but it starts out with um, my darling child or my sweet, my sweet, my sweet child is, I guess, how you could translate it best. And that's what she would always say. And it's repeated in that poem. Oh, God, I bawled my eyes out because I can just feel her energy there. And I was like, right. I told my mum and, and then you did one for my mother from her father. And that was really powerful and, and very touching. And there's just some things in there. Like, I think at some point you, it says something like, I'm, I'm a man of not many, many words. And this is what I have to say to you. And it's true. Like he was, I can't even remember if he ever spoke. I'm sure he did, but I can't even remember like remember <laughs> that actually having a conversation, but he was a very, you know, this, this really wonderful presence. And then more recently, uh, I gifted one uh, to my husband from his dad who, who passed away at a pretty young age. And Again, such profound personal messages. It's just, it just blows my mind. And that's why I was like, Sabina, you need to come on my podcast. I want people to know about this because it is, it is balm. It's a soothing balm for the soul. Hmm. It's interesting because 
I think in my teens, I started to write poetry. And at that time, it was quite heavy and dark. So during the pandemic, I was invited or I felt like, okay, there is a connection with poetry again. And words came to me, but it was, you know, also the wandering path of life, being connected in a group with highly sensitive people gives the energy a different boost. One and a half years ago, in my family, a lot of people started passing away, like aunts and, and people that had lived the full circle of life. And I would see the announcement of their death with the picture and words would come. So I felt like, okay, I sit down, I write this down. And I have this very specific way of writing poetry. It's also always very short lines. And sometimes people ask me, can you not put the lines behind each other so you have longer sentences? I'm like, no, this is how I receive it. And being Dutch, of course, I also question, is my English good enough? And I'm sure that it's not according to all the literature standards, but it doesn't matter because it's about the message. And, you know, I found when I started opening up to the energy of my baby daughter that passed away, I have been writing with her for quite a while and I have named it. It's still somewhere in my computer. It's called The Conversations with My Daughter. I've published them also in a Facebook group. And... I think we all have access to this energy. So I'm sure when you are going to sit down and get yourself in the right state of uh, being opened up to a higher frequency or a deliberate intention to connect with your grandmother and you sit down and you just, you know, you start writing something. It doesn't have to make sense. But then you start the process of connection. And I think it's what you say, the chattering in your head, and I think that's part of being human, we will always doubt the work we do. And especially in the work we do, there is not, if you work remotely, there's not immediate validation. And even if you have um, a coaching call, I might have a client that is not truly ready to receive the information. But at first, I started to doubt myself. And now, after having done the works uh, for a number of years, I know I need to detach from the outcome. It's not my call. I'm just a messenger. But still, it makes us human to question ourselves. And I think it also keeps us on our toes. So it's also, you know, something that we need to embrace in the work we do. But it, it doesn't make life necessarily more easy in this realm we're living in. That's why I, when I do the Akashic work, I want to know as little as possible about the person i i just want their birth details their name at birth you know where they were born where they live now so that i can tap into their records but i don't want to know what they're going through i don't because then i'm afraid i'm going to be somehow influenced and that's why i you know the idea of me sitting with my grandmother i am gonna i am gonna do that actually i'm gonna i'm just gonna do it and let like you said just let go of all the chatter that's what i find so beautiful and again a validation for the work that you do that for you to be able to channel poetry through people that you don't know, you don't know me very well. Obviously, we had that human design reading, and that's it. And then we did the, you channeled the poetry for me, received the poem for me, I should say. But for her, 
the exact phrase to come through again that's validation that there is so much more that we're so interconnected over so many lives so many souls and again it's the soul that's speaking to you it's my grandmother's soul that is speaking to me but mm. still in a playful loving way and that's why I feel that the less you know about a person you really have to let go and trust it's all about trust and letting go of ego and letting go of thinking that there's like a specific process. I mean, I use a protocol. I know you've also worked with the protocol, but you still, you just, you have to go with the information that you receive in however you receive it. And as you know, the Akashic Records is very vast and there's so many different ways of receiving information from the Akashic Records. Like mm. you can hear it, you can feel it, you can read it maybe even taste it or just know it like there's so many it's just so hard to explain to people it really is but it's to me it's the most fascinating and true thing when I get feedback from people that have worked with me and for you as well that the poetry and then you also do the soul reading Akashic records so like you said you do that on zoom how does that work exactly well, what I do, I do the work remotely. So as you, I also work with a protocol. I don't have any other information than the same information you have. So I do the work remotely and then I and I write it out. So I have the written information and then I, I schedule a date on Zoom, I call it, and um, I present it. And so I agree, we all have our strength and our talents and gifts. And in the Akashic work, I think there is no right or wrong. It's about are you intentionally entering and getting the permission to enter? Then it depends on what is the path you take to disclose the information. And there are different modalities. My choice of working in the Akashic Records is to retrieve the divine gifts in the soul blueprint. I'm very much about empowering people and giving them mentally uh, information they can grasp to, to make changes in their life. And that's really trying to help them to overcome certain thought forms or conditionings or beliefs, but also helping them to put it into action in more alignment with their divine soul blueprints. Like you work also in human design, you give very important information that, you know, you can decide to question it. If you want to, you can question anything. And, and in, it's the same in science, you know, put 10 scientists next to each other and they will probably all question each other. So I think we have to come to terms with the fact that there's no proof in the dimension we live in. So we can only trust or surrender that we are the channel to transport information. So coming back to my work, I'm very much about getting to know your divine gifts that don't alter, not in this lifetime, not in your last past lives, not in your future incarnations, and helping people in the third dimensional reality that we live in to uh, connect to those, embrace those, express them more, because I think that's what the soul wants. The soul wants to play and wants to express itself as authentically as possible. There is no purpose in the sense of you have to get from A to B in that way. It's like, how am I getting or where do I get to? How do I do that? And the, I think the trouble is we live in a in a world that's very 
seems very transparent, but it's not. It's it's getting more cluttered than it has ever been before. So finding your own path is much harder than when I was young, because there were not that many windows to the world. There was not that many questioning about, am I good enough? Who should I live up to or look up to? So I find my Akashic records reading, my purpose is to empower others. And I would happily refer clients to you, for instance, to do the healing work in their Akashic records and the blocks and the restrictions and the karmic patterns diving up and retrieving those stories and help them heal. And I also channel for myself my own Akashic records. And I have had some trial clients this year that I we just opened the records, their records. And the entrance point of reading is their question. So that's a different type of working with the Akashic Records that I feel I am also drawn to. And my first work with the woo-woo was doing remote aura readings. So I'm, I'm really interested in the free form of working also. And I think that's mainly, maybe that's what's calling me now. So it's not this or that, but this and that. So I would like to dive in and maybe with you within the Akashic Records and just, you know, play. Yes, because as you were saying earlier, you were talking, you talked about trusting and there is no, we, we don't really have an answer. And that just allows for so much, there's so much room to play in the quantum field, in the unknown it's magical. Like there's magic in the unknown. I always say that. And it's, and I know that through my own journey, it wasn't until I stepped into the unknown that my life started to change. And I got out of the depression that I was in back in the day, uh, a, a phase that I needed to go through. And I love that there are so many different ways and, and also different options for people, right? So people mm. may, may hear, okay, I'm not really drawn to this kind of work. Uh, in the Akashic Records, but I'm really interested in this work. So people, if you hear this and you want to get a message from your loved ones, I love, 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 love that you've also, you're also doing it now in English. Do you know how courageous that is? I've worked with uh, clients, well, I think in every corner of the globe. It's also interesting when you do aura readings remotely and people would ask me, but People don't come to you. How can you do the work when they live in, live in Australia or in the US? And then you can say, well, it doesn't matter. It's like a radio station. You just tune into their frequency and you get, you know, whatever comes through. And I remember in one of my trainings that I had to present, uh, it was a mental medium training, uh, and we had to stand in front of the group and connect with, um, you did get a piece of paper you had to connect to and you didn't know who it was. And I was standing in front of this group and I went totally blank and quiet. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to do this. I'm a failure. Oh, turned out the man I tapped into didn't have any words either. So then I felt like, okay, that, that makes sense. But we judge from our mental state of mind. And I'm also a very left brain kind of person also. So the struggle is 
is still there that you question and doubt yourself. And, um, and it's interesting when you look back at your life and suddenly you remember pieces of conversations and you had no clue that you were so sensitive because you felt it back then also. And you said something that was really helpful. But no one said like, hey, this is a gift. You you are quite able to read my sense of feeling or thinking. So I think a lot of people don't know how sensitive they are. Yeah, and it, it scares a lot of people as well. Like, oh, this, this feels weird. This feels like I don't know what to do with this. So let's just push it away. And with everyone for you as well like there's a lot of healing that you have to do for yourself to grow like to grow into your spiritual purpose it's trying different methods as well and i i asked you like what methods have benefited you and you know you've done psychic readings um mediumships and you've you've explored the tarot uh the kabbalah um soul body fusion there's so many uh different modalities that you've tried and done and everything I would imagine just helps you get a little bit closer to to your gifts right because we need to heal and you've obviously also had to do a lot of healing around uh, losing your baby girl and then how you are now able to see the gift of that experience that is true I think in that sense she is one of my you know, probably my most important guide in this lifetime in a way. I know we have many guides or more guides, but she's very prominently present in my life. And not only mine, uh, I, I feel her energy also around her brother. Um, I'm very happy that because when she passed away, it was not, it was in a time frame where people would have some consciousness uh, around rituals and I'm so happy that we were able to get her footprint and I have two footprints uh, in bronze in my room in my where I work from and with their tiny little footprints and I can literally put my index finger in her little footprint and I feel the energy and it's for me a connection point and uh, it's very physical so you need uh, some uh, something that lasts a lifetime that you can hold in your hands and this is it for me so and mm -hmm. I did write a poem about yeah. <laughs> little tiny footprints too <laughs> yeah I remember now so yeah I'm she is I really question if I would not have lost her if I would have found the spiritual connection again I read the poem right now if I would like to read poem, I have it in front of you. Yes. No, no, no. I'm. Oh, oh, yes. If you would, I would love to hear it from you. Yes. All right. I don't know if I can do this without a tear because it's. it's again, it's linked in the medium article. <clears throat> All right. Here we go. Your tiny footprint marked my path in ways so unimaginable. Old lives intertwined, blossoming into new beginnings. Your call from spirit worked its way up through the dust, patiently awaiting, true awakening in the wings of my life. Tiny feet, but big shoes for me to fill my angel child. My finger 
fits in your footprint perfectly, a match made in heaven. You guided me to the greatest gift my womb could carry, wrapped in eternity. Thank you, my beloved daughter, with all my hearts, is yours forever. <sighs> we are allowed to cry, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm tearing up as well. Thank you. That was a so wonderful... Yeah, <laughs> and this is this is kind of how you can imagine the the poetry that you the message that you receive in poetry form. This is kind of how it comes through, and again, it's just beautiful. So, is there any any any? I always ask this as well. Like, is there anything more you'd like to share that you'd like people out there to know before we call this a day? Don't be afraid to feel. Mm. I think that's the one line. And that's that's really interesting that you say that as well, because gate 22 is a very emotional gate and it's also very much about squashing feelings. Yet we need to go through those emotions and, and channel them in the right way. Um, so I think I think it's important. It can be very frightening uh, and overwhelming. I always tell people you only get what you can handle, but I do recommend that they look for someone that feel safe and trustworthy and do the work with them. Because I remember when I opened up and it was, I think in 2016, I started doing a lot of work too. No, it was earlier, 2014. It was before my wake up session. I decided I wanted to become some kind of energy worker. So professional organizing was not it for me. It was actually a training that I experienced for the first time a group visualization. It was like an inward journey in the body. We were called to go to the heart area. Literally, you walk around the heart. Can you find a door? Open it. And, and I started crying and I couldn't stop. And it was so um, overwhelming that I... And, and the work I had to do was so overwhelming that I actually quit this modality. But it was a calling, like, okay, there's no way around this. You need to go through this. And there is light on the other end. But at the same time, you don't know if there is light. And of course, through my journey and I like I you know I could study my whole life and if you talk about human design I have this inclination like oh I should study human design and, and become an expert in that or gene keys or a soul plan that you're uh, diving into I'm like oh I want to do that too it's like this enthusiastic vibe going through my body like oh oh let's do this so I think that's the gift of this lifetime as well that's at least speaking for me, I'm a woman in the Western world. I can express my feelings without having to be scared that somebody will shoot off my head or imprison me or whatever. And I actually find it very liberating. And that is an insight that I only have for about half a year that no one can proof that my work is not the true thing because there is no proof exactly so and that's very liberating because i'm like i offer you an entrance point to explore from your sense of being being embodied in this human experience and 
it's not something you should do, but if you're open to it, wow. Exactly. The horizons are much faster and brighter than you could ever imagine with your mind. And that that's really, yeah, something that we can do this lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So thank you. Thank you for that wisdom. That's really important to know. And this stuff will find you. Human design finds you. The Akashic Records find you. Soul plan finds you. I've stopped trying to explain or convince people that, oh, you should have a reading or you should know. If, you need to be ready. And when you're ready, mm-hmm. people like you and I, spiritual entrepreneurs, we're here to help and guide you. So even mm-hmm. though it's upheaval, it's wobbly, like I guide my clients through wobbles, it's okay. You're ready to heal this. You're ready to see it, to confront it, to move through it. So the overwhelm can be there, but it's it's so it's so liberating when you like mm. you see, come out the other end. And not everyone has to go through this dark night of the soul experience. And I also just love how how both you and I have been able to take our really quite intense experiences in life. Let's put it that way, and change that story with our story we're now helping and guiding other people and i think that's really important and everyone who has a story can also show others the way so sabina thank you so much for coming on and doing this podcast with me i really appreciate you and i'm just honored to be your guest and let's face it i didn't know that you are a dutch native speaker i thought you were raised in the u.s something like that i found you from this very tiny country i'm living in (laughs) on a very tiny island somewhere at the other side of the world so it's interesting how we are guided to find each other yeah i love how the universe works we're all connected Mm. in some way and we will find We'll find each other. It's gonna it's gonna happen. The people that you need to find, you'll find them. And mm. friendships or deep connections or linksom of rechtsom, as they say. Go and <laughs> left or right, you'll find the right person. Yes. I'm gonna put stuff in the show notes. I'll put links to uh Sabina's uh, website and also um, an email address if you want to reach out and and, and get one of those poems about poetry by order uh, I highly recommend it and I will be back next time with another amazing woman stepping into the woo aspect and really daring really daring to step into the unknown that's that's what it is so thank you thank you thank you and people have an amazing and magical day bye Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of She Woo Dares. I hope you've gained something from it. If you feel you'd like to listen to more, please subscribe to stay updated of future releases. If you feel this has impacted you or you know people that will benefit, please share this podcast. Also, if you'd like to work with me, you can find the information on my website. It will be posted in the show notes. And if you'd like to be on this podcast, there's also a link to an application form in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. I hope you will be back and I wish you a magical day.